0: Ducks fans, Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis.
1: Here
0: we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host Mike Walters, Law, my co-host Eddie Jones, and uh, if you've been following this uh, series with Ducks and Calgary, you have to be super happy Ducks fans. The uh, Anaheim Ducks are up three nothing in this series, Eddie. They're looking to close it out in Game Four. Um, the series, you know, began in Anaheim, Game One, and the uh, the Ducks took out the Flames in the first game, three to two, and actually in the second game, three to two. But in the first game, the Ducks came out pretty strong, Eddie. In this series, uh, they looked good. Uh, Ryan off scoring on the power play early uh the flames did battle back uh kind of took the momentum back in the second period but the ducks responded and they ended up winning this one and, and building a one uh, nothing uh lead in the series to start off
1: yeah it, it was a you know a well fought game i think uh, i think both teams came out pretty good uh, obviously the ducks getting that uh, that early power play goal uh, and really both power plays have been have been on fire i think they the they're the two best power plays or, or two of the best power plays in in the playoffs right now and yeah i mean the ducks grabbed two in this game uh, Gatzlaff, uh grabbed got the first one and uh, Silverberg grabbed the uh last goal the game winning goal on, on the power play so uh, yeah I think it was it was a good game I, I mean the the streak stays alive the Ducks uh I mean, sorry, the Flames can't seem to win at Honda Center, and and it extends into the playoffs too. So, yeah, I think it was a good game. 41 shots, they tested Elliott, they dominated in the faceoff dot, which is something we knew they would most likely do against the Flames. And and I think it was all around a good effort for them. They played physical, they blocked shots, limited their their turnovers, and, and I think it was a good start to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, this game kind of was a seesaw battle. I mean, it, you know, the Ducks started out, uh, you know, pretty strong in the first 10, you know, minutes or so. And then Calgary responded. And, um, you know, one big key here in this game, Eddie, was the uh, uh, the poor line change by Calgary in the second period that, uh, you know, Bieksa spotted it, got the puck up the ice. And the Ducks uh, broke in on, you know, the all-too-common 3-on-0 rush and uh, looked like Getzhoff was going to, you know, try to score. Uh, his shot got blocked, but Raquel was there, and to me, if you look at this game, that really was the turning point. you know um, Calgary seemed to have the momentum you know almost halfway through the game. they, they had gotten a two to one lead after you know going down, one nothing. and I think that that really turned around because once Raquel scored that goal and then Silverberg scored that goal, you felt like the ducks had the momentum, and then of course, they just played shutdown defense in the third to take this game.
1: Uh, and really, this whole series has been about momentum shifts. I mean, we've seen that at different times. There's really been no time at, during the game where both teams have just been going back and forth. It it, it really just shifts from one team to the other. And, and we saw in this game, like you said, the Ducks started out really uh, early, got the goal for Gatslav, played really well early. and Then Calgary took over for, for the end of the first, into the... Early part of the second, and then like right after the Raquel goal, the Ducks dominated, and, and they played shutdown defense for the rest of the third period, and especially after the Silverberg goal when they had the lead, uh, and then with uh, with Kessler as well. You know, it, it's it's great that you can throw guys like Kessler, guys like Vermette, even Thompson out there too, and win those key faceoffs, and we saw it in Game One, and, and it's becoming a trend through the through Games Two and Three as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has been momentum shifts. And, you know, game two was just kind of like game one uh, as far as that momentum. You know, the Ducks, they came out in this one. And, again, they scored first right away. uh, Silverberg scoring and then Raquel scoring. And, you know, the Ducks built a 2-0 lead in this game. You felt good. uh, But then, you know, late in the first period, Flames score. Second period, we see them push again just like they did in game one. And, you know, it's a 2-2 game. Uh, you know, in the second period and then all the way till the end uh you know of the game, basically. I mean, Ryan Getzloff gets that game winning goal. Uh, you know, he called bank on that goal for sure as uh he, he goes for the pass, which ends up you know deflecting and going in for the game winner there. But um the ducks end up pulling out this one uh three to two, just like the uh the first game. It was almost a carbon copy. It it, it seemed like the momentum started with the Ducks, went with the Flames and and then went back to the Ducks. So Uh, very interesting but you know the Ducks kept the streak alive like you talked about they've uh, won uh, you know the regular season against the Flames going all the way back to 2004 Uh, and the last time the Flames actually won a game at Honda Center or actually uh, the Arrowhead Pond was back in 2006 uh, when they played the Ducks so it's been a long time for them to win anything and you know the Ducks uh, continue that in these first two games.
1: Yeah, and after seeing Gatsov's goal to to win the game, I'm starting to think that the curse is is actually real. I mean, <laughs> Calgary played a great game. They had a good rebound game in this one. They outshot the Doc uh, the Ducks. They brought the faceoffs back a little bit closer than the first game. Again, they, their power play clicked. They grabbed a, a shorthanded goal. So special teams were key for them in this game. But again, the, the Ducks are just able to get the greasy goals, and and I mean, we've seen it so many times, especially in game. 3 uh, well, we'll talk about it in a bit. And, and the, the goals that they got in that game, I mean, that's this team. That's the style that this team plays. It's not pretty, but they get it done and they grind out a win. And we saw it in this one as well. You know, you could see the whole the whole play in the power play. Gets up was looking to make that pass. And you get a lucky bounce. I, I mean, when, you, when you're when you trying to make plays and, and the Ducks were, were carrying the play in the end and, and Dougie Hamilton takes a dumb penalty, you know, they're going to make you pay. And, and, yes, the Ducks got a little bit lucky in this game, but I'm sure we'll take it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's being a Ducks fan, you know, you see a lot of these bounces go against the Ducks or a lot of these calls go against the Ducks, which we'll talk about that in Game 3. But, um, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, it it goes against uh, the Ducks when it comes to, like, bounces or especially calls that involve, like, kicking the, the puck in the net or, you know, things like that. Um you know, don't always go uh, Anaheim's way, but they went you know their way in this game, and uh, you know the Ducks did well. Uh, they had to change the lineup too a little bit in this game. Eddie uh, Richie came back after his two game suspension, which you know um, we thought was a little bit uh, unfair. That you know thought it should have been maybe one game instead of two. But uh, either way, he came back into this one. Cassé uh, uh, sat out as a result of that. Um, you know, Vatn wasn't in in this game. Uh, upper body injury. And uh, Holzer came in in this one. So both of uh, both of them, Holzer and Richie, they didn't score, do anything you know, too crazy, but they both played solid games. And, you know, I think that's been a strong point for the Ducks, too, is we've seen the ability of this team to change, you know, some players in the lineup and they're still able to produce and, you know, play a solid game.
1: Yeah, the depth of this team is—I is, mean, we've talked about it in recent years, especially when we uh, got Perron and began at the deadline, how deep that team was. But this team is almost deeper, and, and you can just—they're interchangeable. You can put guys in the lineup; they're going to make an impact. I mean, you look at Cam Fowler's injury and how—you know—how detrimental that was to, at the beginning of the playoffs. How—you know—how big of an impact he is, the minutes that he commands for the Ducks on the blue line. And we thought that was going to be a huge loss for the Ducks. And in step, Shea Theodore, who's not not only filled that role, but has exceeded it. He has five points in, in the first three games so far. He's leading the Ducks, and, and he's been arguably their best player. And, and you look at Montour as well, who stepped in and, and filled in for, for Vaughton and Holzer as well, as came in and played well. And has stepped up his game. He has four assists, made a great play on Goodrow um, and near the end of Game 3 to, to, keep, uh, to keep it going for the Ducks. So, I mean... It, it everybody stepped up and, and that's important richie comes back in he gets a goal in his second game played a really good game last night uh, the other night as well and, and that's what's going to move you farther in the playoffs that's what's going to win you the cup if you have guys all around your lineup that can step up and produce you know the the ducks have it this year
0: yeah absolutely and you know we've seen them turning on the power play they're still doing all the hits like they've been doing uh you know in this game they did give away the puck a little bit too much uh, you know, 21 times it's a little high. You want to, you know, kind of see maybe half that number. Um, so a lot, kind of a lot of giveaways there, but, um, you know, overall a good performance. And like you said, you know, well-balanced attack for the ducks, uh, Silverberg scores in this one, uh, Raquel and Getzloff, uh, you know, when you talk about players leading the way, I mean, uh, Theodore has been doing it on defense, but Getzloff's really been getting it done on the offense, uh, especially in his first two games, you know, coming out with four points, you know, factoring in on, uh, you know, 66% of the Ducks' uh, goal. So that's what uh, built the Ducks' lead up to 2 nothing, And then they went into Calgary. And <laughs> the way this game started, um, I think most of you pretty much, you know, didn't think the Ducks were going to win this one. Not because the Ducks were necessarily playing poorly. But, you know, in this game, um, a lot of penalties called early on against the Ducks um you saw calgary get two goals early both on the power play and they built a two nothing lead um as you mentioned uh richie scored in his second game back in the playoffs and got the ducks within one and you know you you thought okay they survived the first period it wasn't so bad then in the second period calgary again scores two goals back to back and they build a four to one lead and now you're sitting here going okay they're getting all the power plays and they've scored, you know, three times on those power plays, you know, out of five. And it just looked bad uh, all around. I mean, the penalty kill didn't look good. Um, they ended up pulling out Gibson. They brought in Bernier. Uh, and then the Ducks, uh, it's just crazy. The Ducks pull this game out, Eddie. I mean, Theodore gets a late goal in the second period. They get some momentum. You know, Silverberg almost had one after that. He had hit the post. In uh, the third, Thompson and Theodore come through. The ducks end up going in overtime, and and then the person we talked about that hadn't done anything in the first two games, Corey Perry, he comes through with the game winner, and and I mean this is just one of the craziest <laughs> come from behind wins I I can remember in the playoffs. That is for the ducks.
1: Yeah, and it was just an amazing game. I, I mean, like you said, the the struggles early. Um, you know most of the power plays that, that Calgary, Calgary got were fair I, I think the Ducks had some discipline issues early on in the game I think the only borderline one might have been the Lindholm goalie interference call I think that one was a little bit borderline uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, it is disappointing, though, to not get any calls back. We we saw Bennett hit uh, BX from behind. He had to leave the ice a bit. Luckily, he came back. No penalty on that one. But Calgary did play a pretty clean game. It's just disappointing, obviously, for the Ducks to get no power plays in this game and get no help at all from, from the officiating. And then you see five on the board for Calgary, and they make them pay, and they get three goals. So it's disappointing in that aspect. But but like you said, I, I mean, this is one of the most amazing comebacks I've seen the Ducks ever in, in regular season, playoffs, I mean, it's just amazing what they're able to come back and do. Uh, and they took advantage of, of Brian Elliott. I, I mean, he looked shaky all game. Uh, he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, holding on to pucks. The the rebounds, he was he, he just couldn't he couldn't calm himself down. And we've seen that from him in the past. I mean, last year he took St. Louis really far and looked like an all-star goalie. But we've seen him early in the season with Calgary. You know, he, at times he can go on a stretch where he's just not great. And, and we've seen that so far in this series and, and definitely in this game. I mean... Shea Theodore's first goal, that was awful. Uh, I mean, it hits a, a Calgary stick in front, but that's a save you have to have, and that really gives the Ducks momentum. And like you said, Silverberg almost made it 4-3 before the second period even ended. And then you go into to the third period. Ducks get a little bit of a break with, with the Thompson goal. Arguably could have been a high stick call, but I think the fact that it was a, a goal on uh, on the ice uh, swayed the, the ref's decision there. And then Theodore gets the 4-4 the four, four going from there on. It was all Ducks. I, I mean, for the end of the third period, they're going into overtime. It was all Ducks. And they get a bounce again. I mean, the bounces are going their way. We saw Getzlaff in game two goes off Boma skating in. And on this one, it goes in off Michael Stone's butt and into the net. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, when when you can fight back and, and scrape and, and, and win a game like that, uh, I, I think it's testament to how you know how much fight this team has in it. And we've seen it at least in the first three games of this series, and and it's something that's going to take them really far if they can continue to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Eddie. And and a big thing in the playoffs. I mean, it, you know, it's not just you know we watch the Ducks, but you watch these other games too, uh, East Coast, West Coast, whatever. You know, a lot of games get decided by crazy, crazy plays. Uh, you know, the guy throws the puck. In the front, it goes off a skate, like like you said with Getzloff, or you know, and, and this one as I I called it the booty bounce goal, <laughs> as it goes, you know, Perry, you know, uh score on this one. But I mean, stuff like that happens, and, and if you're going to win games in the playoffs, you're going to need a little bit of luck, and the only way you achieve that is by having guys in front of the net and throwing the puck at the net. And I mean, I know it sounds basic, and I mean, there's obviously more to the game than just that, but there's times that that's what you're going to have to do. You have, you get pressured, you're in the corner, just fire at the net, you know, you, you, something happens and it goes in, you know, like you mentioned, uh, one of Theodore's goals was really shaky, you know, Um, or you do like Perry, you, you, you go to the bench, lose your stick, you distract the other team and then you come (laughs) down and score. I mean, that was a hilarious moment in this game too. You know, it always seems when there's some kind of play involving antics, you know, uh, Perry's involved. So, you got to do whatever you can to win. And if it's distracting the other team's bench, whether it's <laughs> intentional or not, I mean, you just got to do what you got to do. And, and that's what the Ducks have been able to do uh, in these three games, Eddie, especially games two and three, is they've gotten some opportunistic bounces. But um, you you got to fire the puck and you got to crash the net. I mean, if, if you're just taking point shots or shots from bad angles, it's not always going to work out that way.
1: Yeah, and that, I think that's the key right there is they're going to the net. And they're getting traffic in front of Elliot, and and he's playing. You know, he's a shaky goalie. He doesn't have confidence right now, and and that's what won them this game. I mean, you look at uh, the the first goal, or sorry, Theodore's second goal from the point. You know, a lot of guys in front. Perry's in front. Thompson's in front. Nobody know if it, it tipped and ended up going straight through because uh, Elliot couldn't see it. See Thompson's goal as well. A tip with with some screen in front, and then on Perry's goal. You know, I, I mean, they're, they're crashing. I believe Silverberg was crashing in the net. It goes in off Michael Stone and in, and those are the type. Those are the type of plays you have to make, and and those types of plays are going to win you games. We've seen it not just in this series, but in other series, like you said, and and that's an important way. And, and this is the style the Ducks play. We've seen it for for you know even when Boudreaux was here, we still saw it. We still see it here. It's it's the type of game that this the core of the Ducks play. No matter who you have coaching the team, they're still going to play this physical go to the net style, and and they've done it really well in these in these first uh, three games. Now. You got to look at it too. They are a little bit lucky to be where they are, and I think we got to take that into to consideration as well. They've played great through these first three games, but they've all been one-goal games. They've been close games, and you got to look at moving in, in, into the next round. There's a couple of things they have to show up as well. Obviously, the penalty kills one of them. Um, you know, being able to hold on to to uh, to a lead late is something they've been good at so far in the playoffs. But you know, they've got to they've got to show up a little bit defensively. I think uh, moving on to the next round.
0: Yeah, I agree, and we're going to talk about that too in a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that has come up is the, you know the goalie situation, and they t- you know people are talking about Gibson and Bernier and what's going on there. But before we get to that, you know, I want to know what is Calgary going to do, Eddie? Are they going to keep rolling with Elliot? Because to me, after what happened in Game Three, I wouldn't start Elliot. To be to be honest, I would go with Chad Johnson instead because they had all the momentum in that game. They built a four to one lead. And they collapse and a big chunk of that responsibility goes to
1: Elliot. Yeah, and I think you, you gotta look at it from both factors. I mean, we look at Gibson getting pulled in the, in this game and, and you can't really blame him for all the goals in this one. I, I think he was he was screened on most most of them. Three of them were power play goals, it's difficult. But then you look at Elliot and I mean just that second or that second goal by the ducks that Shea Theodore scored near the end of the period, that's one you have to have. If the, the Ducks go into the third down 4-1, you know it, it could be over. The fact that they get one late, they grab some momentum, they, they move into the third period, only two goals down, I think that's huge, and that's one Elliott has to have. He just misses it. And, and like you said, I, I don't know if they go with them in in, uh, in game four. I think they need a change. Um, just like the Ducks needed a change mid-game in, in this one. It's not that Gibson, I think, was playing that bad. You just need to change something up, and there's not much you can change up mid-game. So, put Bernier in there. He ended up playing great, and the Ducks ended up pulling out the win. And I think if you're Calgary right now, there's not much you can really change other than putting Chad Johnson in and hoping that he can get hot and and move you, you know, take it one game at a time and and move you into a game seven or possibly into the second round. But it's going to be difficult for them. And and I think, you know, I think they're a little bit far gone from just a goalie change being able to to spur them on and, and make the comeback.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the Ducks are going to be able to wrap this one up. But what do you think in terms of the Ducks goalie situation because we have a few people uh Tony, Steven, you know, they think that the Ducks should go with Bernier in game 4. Do you think that that's a decision Carlisle should make or do you think he comes back with Gibson uh to start game 4?
1: No, I- I don't want to discredit what Bernier did. I think he came in and he really calmed things down and he played good. He didn't. He didn't make any amazing saves. He played steady, and that's what the Ducks needed uh, when they were trying to make a comeback. So I think he played great in this game. But I just, I just think you still have to go with Gibson. I mean, realistically, we talked about this at the beginning of the playoffs and who they would start, and we said that you know Gibson should start because he's the most consistent guy. He's the guy that if you looked at it on paper, this is a guy who's most likely going to lead you to the Stanley Cup I don't think he had a great game last game but I don't think they're all his fault like like we said too that three of them were on the power play the other one where he was he couldn't see anything you know he had two ducks and a a flame blocking out the sun in front of him so I I don't really blame him as much for for the four goals in that last game And and I think he deserves to get the start I think he played great in games one and two and I think he can rebound and have a strong game four. And if we're gonna make a big push and try and win the Stanley Cup this year, I think the only guy who can do that for us is John Gibson. And that's not, you know, that's not putting anything against Jonathan Bernier and what he's done for the Ducks. I just don't think he's the guy that can lead them to the cup. And I think you gotta go with the, you know, you traded Freddie to give this guy the number one job. And I think if you, you know, if you're gonna move on forward, I think he has to play in game four and beyond.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, you put him back in game four and he starts and unless he does terrible, I mean, you, you got to keep rolling with him. I mean, and, and when I mean terrible, I mean, it, it's got to have to be a situation where he gives up three or four goals. And it's not just these power play types things. It would be a game like Elliott had basically. If yeah. Gibson had a game like that, then okay, I, I get it. You, you pull him out, you put in Bernier, maybe you put in Bernier for a game and give Gibson a rest. But I, I feel the way you do, um, you know, Gibson is the one that you've got to go with for now. I mean, like you said, you made the move, um, you know, you got rid of Freddie. So, I mean, th- this is your guy. So that's what I would do. And, and as far as the rest of the lineup goes, I think things have been going great. Uh, you know, we heard that Cam Fowler was skating this week. Uh, we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. They're saying that that's, you know, hopeful it's going to be sooner than later in that, that uh, two to six week time frame. I don't know if he'll come back in this series. I think that the Ducks would not do that, being up 3-0, but that's a little bit of an update there on uh, Fowler. They also said that uh, Votnin was day-to-day, so we'll see if he comes in in, in in any of these last games in this series as well. Um, some of the other fan questions, uh, they talk about you know who's uh, surprised you the most, uh, either good or bad in this series. Um I don't really think anybody bad uh is is you know not stepped it up in the series. It seems like the whole team has played very very well. Eddie, I think uh, maybe the the biggest surprise, and maybe not necessarily the the biggest, but Theodore has really stepped it up in terms of his point production uh, with Botnian being out and him getting a lot of playing time. So that'd be one of the ones that uh, you know I would pick as far as doing well in terms of anybody doing poorly. I don't I don't really see anybody on this team uh, doing poorly in these first three games.
1: Yeah, I really can't pick anyone out. I think maybe after games one and two, you, you could have made a case for Corey Perry, but I still think you know he was on the scoreboard in games one and two, but I think he still played a, a solid role in, in those two games. And then obviously he came out in this one and, and played great for the Ducks and, and grabbed two points in, in the game winner. So I, I really can't pick anybody who's played bad. And then, I mean, you look at who's played well. I mean, the, the obvious choice, like you said, is Shay Theodore. The fact that he's leading the Ducks in points, he's got two goals in, in Game Three, he had three assists before that, five points. Uh, I mean, he's he's a great obvious pick. I think Nate Thompson as well. That three point night in Game Three—that that's a big guy that you don't expect mm-hmm. to have a point a night like that. He steps up and plays well. Yes. Uh, you've got BX who has four assists, made a great play in Game Three on on Johnny Goodwin. You know, I've harped on him all season about his defensive play, and and he stepped it up. And, and, you know, kudos for Holzer jumping in and just playing a solid game. I mean, we lose Fowler and Vaughton and you, you get Holzer to step in and play great. And, and then Montour as well. I mean, these guys are rookies. This is his first playoffs. He's coming in. He's looked like he's been here his whole, his whole career. I mean, it, it's it's great what they've been able to do. I think it's a testament to the Ducks' youth and the maturity they have on their blue line and the leaders that they have in the dressing room. And I think, like, like we mentioned already, I, I think I don't think there's anybody who's really underperformed so far in this year. I think the majority of, of players on the team have actually have done better than we expected.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, it kind of leads into the next question, too. We have uh, Clarissa asks, you know, who do you think has been the most effective in the playoffs for the Ducks so far? And I'm just going to go back straight to the captain, Getzloff. I mean, um the way he stepped up in games one and two and came through in huge moments in both those games really built the series lead up to two nothing you know he didn't get any points in game three, but still he he's been all over the place eddie and i mean for a guy that to lead the team and uh come out and do what he's doing uh really on both sides of the puck you know he's he's shooting it more um he's always you know making great passes. Um, and he's just really shined. I, I think um, for being the captain, he's really been leading the way.
1: Yeah, and I think the key thing you said there is he's doing it in both ends. I, I mean, the first two games, he yes he had two points in each of the games, but the plays he made in his own zone and, and the way he calmed down the play and you know settled things down and and regrouped everybody, I, I think was was excellent. I mean, he was the best player by far in the first two games. I think he still played a great game game three, even though he didn't get on the board. And it's just the presence that he has right now. I, I mean he's the captain. He has to be doing that and he's been he's doing it. I, I mean, this is something we've come to expect of Getzlaff and that we've we've wanted to see him do on a consistent basis, especially in the playoffs, because at times we've seen them him and Perry disappear during during the playoffs, and it's been disappointing. It's usually led to the Ducks being eliminated in probably a game seven. But uh, I, I think the way he stepped up in this series and the way he's come to play, uh, in, in the playoffs this time around, I, I think, you know, he's set up and he's setting the ducks up for a long run. I, I think, you know, his play is not going to slow down. He, you know, he, he's building up for a long run and they know it's, they know their windows tightening up. And I, I think that's spurring them on, uh, on this run here.
0: You know, another name that hasn't been mentioned as much in this series, uh, and Joshua brings us up. He asks about, our opinion on Kessler's play this series he said that you know he feels he's been good but he's been quiet in his opinion and I kind of figured what do you think about that Eddie I mean he's got a point in this series uh he's still doing his things in the face off um you know and maybe he hasn't been throwing his arms up as much and pumping his fist you know he hasn't scored a goal but uh, what do you think you, th- you think he's been uh, quietly good
1: uh in the series so far I think that whole line has been quietly good, and, and that's something we've kind of come to expect from them, even during the regular season. Is is they don't, you know, early on it was a surprise they were getting on the scoresheet a lot, even Coglan on Silverberg, and they were our best line. But, you know, they're the shutdown line of this team, and they're one of the best shutdown lines in the NHL. And even when they don't get on the scoresheet, yes, Kessler has one point, but he's getting under guys' skin. And that line is going against Monahan, Goodrow, and Furlan in, in this series. If you know the Ducks go into the second round and play Edmonton, he's going against McDavid. If they go against the Sharks, he's playing against Pavelski. I mean, that's the importance that that line is to, to this team. I don't I honestly don't care if they if they if they don't get on the score sheet all that often because that's the role they play and they do an excellent job of it. And they've done an excellent job of it in this series. Yes, Monaghan has had its way with us on the power play, but five on five he, he hasn't gotten anything going. Neither is Johnny Goodrow, uh, and neither is Michael Frillon on that line. And there's a reason to that because most of the time Kessler, I mean sorry, most of the time Kessler, Congolano are out, out against them and, and doing a great job shutting them down. So I think If he's made any kind of impact in the playoffs so far, I think that's the type of impact that he's made.
0: Yeah, exactly. Faceoffs and defense. I mean, he may not score, but, I mean, it's huge having those, especially like you said, uh, when you're going in, uh, you know, against the other team's uh, top line, uh, pretty much on a nightly basis, you know. And obviously uh, Calgary, you know, went with different line changes and whatnot with home ice in game three, worked for the beginning, but the Ducks adjusted on the fly, and they were able to do it. Um, and that's something we've seen with Carlisle, and that's what some of the fans have asked about too, is, is, his experience and that kind of a different style as opposed to Butro. And I have to agree. I mean, if you look at some of these games, uh, we've seen, you know, like you talked about momentum shift here and there, and it's, it's refreshing to see that Carlisle, um, you know, he's picked up on stuff before, but Uh, As we talked about when he first came in, we were kind of concerned if he was going to just go back to the old, you know, bread and butter, same, you know, dump and chase, all these other things. He really hasn't done that. He's really um, he has studied the game and uh, these in game or, uh, you know, intermission changes and things like that, I think have been huge, Eddie, especially on the road. When you know that the other team is getting the matchups, you've got to do the quick line changes or maybe you have to juggle the lines. Be smarter with the puck, not ice it as much as well, and things like that. But I I mean, I mean, it's easy to say because we're up three nothing. But like you said, it's been tight games. But the way Carlisle's been going about it, uh, you know, it's hard to have any complaints.
1: Yeah, and and, you know, of course, the leadership is part of it in the dressing room: Getzlaff, Bieksa, Perry, Kessler. But Carlisle has to be a part of it too. When you when you go into, especially in Game Three, when you go into the second intermission, you're down four two. You just grabbed a goal. He has to be part of that voice in the locker room that gets this team ready to go into the third period and, and makes them believe that they can come back and win it. And, he, I mean, it worked in, in game in, in game three, and I'm sure he was a part of whatever was said in the locker room to get them going and, and any kind of plays that were drawn up. And, and I think he's done a good job. I, I mean, it, it's a different-looking team. it's a, I think it's a harder-working team than we saw. It, it's it's a more resilient team than we've seen in the past with, with Boudreaux, especially in the playoffs. Uh, it's a team that doesn't give up. They think, uh, especially now, they think they can they can win any game no matter what they're down, and, and that's important to have, especially when when you're going deeper in the playoffs and, and every, you know, every game is tight. So I, I think that's going to be important, and, yeah, I mean, he's a part of it, and, and I think it's been a great, you know, like you said, I think it's been refreshing, like you said, uh, so far in the playoffs to see a new kind of uh, air around the team, uh, an air of confidence, uh, a team that thinks that they can come back and, and win any game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you come back from three goals in the playoffs, I mean, that's that's just huge. I mean, coming back from one, okay. Coming back from two, okay. But but three is a big feat. So the momentum is in the Ducks' corner. Um, now the the situation we have is the Ducks are up three nothing in this series. You've got San Jose and Edmonton. If you're following that, it, you know, it looked like Edmonton was dominating then <laughs> San Jose decides to drop a bomb on Edmonton and blows them out seven0 <laughs> to tie that series up two to two so they got to play at least two more games so with that in mind um, do you prefer that the ducks you know get out the broom and sweep Calgary or would you rather you know maybe they lose one then they can win game five at home or what, what is your thought process as far as that because we know that the other series has got to go at least six games.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if they lose one and then they were for sure gonna win a game five, maybe, but I don't want any seed of doubt planted in 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 the mind of the, of the Ducks players. I don't want Calgary to come out and win this game three and get any momentum, thinking that they can come back and win this. Uh, you know, I I want this to end tonight, a sweep. The Ducks can get ready, prepare, figure out, uh, obviously find out who they're gonna play in the next round, and, and you know ha- have some rest time for the guys who are on the ice. Uh, you have some you know needed rest for guys like Cam Fowler, Sammy Vaughton to get them back in, in the lineup. So I think it's important that the Ducks come in, want to end it tonight, and hopefully they can. I, I mean, anytime you can end it in four, it's better than ending it in five and, and giving any team a chance to get back into it. So I think that's important. Um, obviously, you come into the issue maybe uh, of them not having any playing time. Uh, come closer to, to the next series. Obviously, the, the, either the Edmonton or San Jose, whoever makes it to the next round is going to be the fresher team. But I don't think that always comes into it. I think it's always good to get it done, get it out of the way, be ready, focus on the next round. And, and I think that's what the Ducks have to do tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the other part of it, too, is the Ducks getting healthy. I mean, you want Voughton to be healthy out there on the ice. You want to um, you know get Fowler back as well. So, you know, given that kind of break and nobody else getting hurt along the way, too, because, I mean, obviously you watch these games. I mean, they're pretty physical games when they're playing Calgary. So I, I think if they can end it here, you know, that'd be a huge plus. Um, you know, speaking of, you know, ending series, if you if you look around in the Western Conference, if you haven't been paying attention. Um, the Minnesota Wild are down three games to none against the Blues and Nashville is beating Chicago three games to none. So. You look at these two series, Eddie. Uh, you know, I'm not really surprised about Minnesota. Uh, we we talked about Boudreaux and, and you know how Minnesota fans love him and think he's the greatest. I'm sure now maybe they're realizing um, that he's not so much the greatest as they're down three nothing. Not that they can't come back, but pretty sure that they're going to get knocked out. Um, as far as Nashville and Chicago, this one was a little bit more of a surprise to me. Not that Nashville couldn't compete, but to have them up three nothing was really a surprise. Eddie, what do you think about these uh, other two series in the Western Conference?
1: Yeah, I, I think in the St. Louis Minnesota one, it, it's a result of a team that was underwhelming all season, pretty much in in the Blues, who who had some strong play late in going into the playoffs, which is always good. Obviously, we've seen it with the Ducks and, and the way they played going uh, into the playoffs and how it's it's turned out in this series, but. I think the play of Jake Allen has been unbelievable for for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, he's arguably won them each of the first three games here. And I think think, uh, Minnesota just hasn't been able to get it going. I mean, they've had their chances. They tied it late in one game and then ended up losing it overtime. You know, it it just seems to be a trend with, with Minnesota, no matter who's behind the bench in the playoffs, they always seem to just not be able to get it going in the playoffs. So they had a great regular season this year. They kind of limped in, in into the uh into the playoffs. Dubnik's play dipped down from how great he was early in the season, and and I think that's carried over here into the playoffs. So I you know, I'm a little bit surprised it's three nothing. I did think St. Louis was going you know, to be able to eliminate the Wild. I just, I'm surprised they're up 3-0. And then you move over to the Nashville series. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, I had Chicago winning in seven. I thought Nashville would give them a run for their money. I just thought that the core and the experience that the Blackhawks have was going to be too much. And it's it's unbelievable what Nashville's actually been able to do. I mean, they dominated them in the first two games. Chicago didn't score a goal until the second period in, in game three and they were up to nothing, and Nashville was able to come back and win it in overtime. I I mean, this looks like the team that everybody thought was going to win the Western Conference and even possibly challenge for the Stanley Cup this year. The Nashville Predators are are here to play, and I mean, I'm glad we don't have to face them in the second round. I feel bad for St. Louis having to face that team in the second round because they look like they're ready to go and and make a long run and and push for the Stanley Cup Finals this year.
0: Yeah, they are definitely a dangerous threat uh, on that side. And, I mean, can you imagine the Blackhawks going out in the first round? That's pretty crazy as well. So, uh, some things to look up, you know, some shakedowns uh, going on in the Western Conference. Um, if you look over in the Eastern Conference, it's, it's a lot more tighter over there, Eddie. You've got uh, Montreal and New York. They're tied up 2-2. Ottawa's up uh, 2-1 on Boston. Toronto is up 2-1 on Washington. Maybe it surprises some of you. And then, of course, my other favorite team, the Penguins, they're laying the smack down on uh, Columbus 3-1. Um, so that one's a little bit more, uh, spread out, but, uh, pretty tight around the East. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some surprises, like I talked about with Toronto and Washington, but, uh, uh, a lot up in there, I would say more so in the Eastern conference than the Western conference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's actually a little bit of a surprise. I think when you look at the, the beginning of the playoffs, I think the tighter matchups on paper look to be in the West yet two three, uh, three of the matchups, Teams are up three nothing. They they could go for the sweep in you now, and it was just surprising that the only team that could have swept in, in in the uh, Eastern Conference was the matchup I thought might have been the closest in the Penguins and and the Blue Jackets. Obviously, the Blue Jackets uh, won Game Four, uh, but it's a long you know it's a long battle for them to get back and, and win Game Seven. That's going to be a tough one for them. Um, but yeah, I think the most surprising one is is the Leafs. Uh, leading Washington two one. Uh, I mean, they've just played unbelievable. It's not even really that Washington has played that bad. It's just the Leafs have come out to play and, and they've stepped up their game and they're playing at a, at a level that we haven't really seen them play during the regular season. I mean, they were great during the regular season, but to, to be up two one on a team that everybody pretty much, pretty much everybody probably had making the East, uh, the, the Stanley Cup final, if not winning the cup um it, it's it's a big surprise uh, great for obviously freddie anderson and and for him to to have a solid series so far and it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it out and end up winning this uh i know they have game four tonight in toronto and if they can take a 3-1 lead that's gonna be difficult even for a team of the caliber of the washington capitals to come back and, and win three games in a row uh, and then you look at the other two two um in the atlantic you've got Ottawa leading Boston, I think that's a bit surprising. I think Eric Carlson's been a horse for them, and and he's been a real driving force in in, in them leading. And then Carey Price and and Henry Glundquist, that's a... It's it's almost an an exciting series, but it's a boring series at the same time. Because you've got two of the the league's best goaltenders going head-to-head. It's a low-scoring game, a lot of chances, but nothing's really happening because you've got two of the best goalies in the world going head-to-head. So... Um, not surprised that that one's tied at two. I, I think that one probably goes seven games, and it's going to be a game, a, a goal probably off somebody's butt uh, in overtime <laughs> that's going to decide it. With the way uh, these two guys are playing right now.
0: Oh man, yeah, and that's that's the way it's been in this duck series. There's been some crazy bounces in these games. They've gone that way for Anaheim. Um, they're looking good. Uh, hopefully, go for the sweep take out Calgary, get you know, get rested up, let uh, Edmonton and San Jose beat each other up. And, you know, that, that would be great for the Ducks. So we'll see what happens, uh, like you said, tonight. Um, if you're in the area, we will have another watch party. We'll be at El Ranchito in Orange. Uh, we'll be giving away stuff as well. Um, we also have a, a new shirt out. Um, it's the uh, We Are All Josh Manson shirt. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on tpnhockey.com. Uh, only making a limited amount, uh, they're going pretty quick. So if you want to get that shirt, check it out on the website there. It also comes in uh, female sizes as well. The V-necks, all the super soft, uh, you know, material like everybody likes uh, that some of these other uh, T-shirt companies make as well. So we finally made another shirt. Uh, we have a couple other designs that we may throw out there too, um, depending on what happens in this series and who the Ducks play and whatnot. So uh, look for that as well and uh you know eddie and i'll be back with another show um just really depends on what happens in the playoffs here with the uh, the ducks in calgary um and maybe this uh coming weekend or maybe we'll uh you know do it right before they uh hopefully go into the second round so with that uh we appreciate all the fan questions and we'll see you in a week or so let's go ducks